Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. We don't all have the luxury of a sprawling garden. In fact, I'm quite glad that I don't as I wouldn't have time to maintain it. Many of us live in urban and suburban areas with a small space in which to garden. And these spaces are the very places that need trees the most. They let the earth breathe, they clean the air, provide shade, beauty and shelter for native birds and bees to visit. But which trees will fit into these tight spaces? On today's podcast, Keith is going to provide his top 10 trees for small gardens. And if he doesn't mention my favourites, I'm going to throw those in as well. Now, Keith, before we start the list, can you tell us what sorts of things we should consider when choosing a tree for the garden? Well, the main thing you've got to consider is um, the space that you've got to, to grow it in. That's the most most important thing, you know. So that's going to that's then going to uh, be the, the limitations on the size of the tree that you're going to be putting in, with some exa- with some exceptions. We're talking about an ornamental tree, okay? And an ornamental tree is is simply that it's an ornament. So and it's only an ornament because it's a, it's a tree that you like the look of, yes. the shape of, or the flowers or whatever else you know yeah. so that's an ornamental tree okay. um and they're generally a, a statement plant that you put in um that is is an important thing to your design and okay. your way that your garden's going to lay out once we've brought that tree home mm-hmm. what are the rules for planting um like everything, everything's got comes back to the soil. It's how good your soil is. It's, you know, if you're gonna if you've got an existing ground out there that's hard as the hobs with with clay and something, and you're just gonna dig a hole, then you're setting yourself up for failure, and you're not gonna have have that ornamental tree for long because it ain't gonna survive, and it ain't gonna grow quickly, and it isn't going to be the specimen that you wanted to. So you've got to prepare your soil. You've got to make sure that you, the hole that you dig is, is big enough for the, the pot size you, of the plant you're going to be putting it in. Um, and, and sometimes you, you want to go for a, a, a big plant because it's a big statement. It's, it's, a, it's an ornament, you know, that's going to be in your garden. But always, always put, you know, dig your hole, break the soil up, make sure that it's a friable soil. That means that make sure that it's, it, 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 it's crumbly and the roots are going to get in there and move through it and, and then develop out further to where the, you know, where the, the drip line of the tree is eventually going to become. Fantastic. That sounds good. Now we need to get onto the list. All right. Can we start with ornamental? Yeah, we can. There are so many beautiful ornamental trees that would suit a small garden. My top ten trees are, and not necessarily in in this you know, order. Order, but number one, I think that I'm going to start off with is a persimmon, and the variety that I like is is one called Fuyu, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a tree that if you if you left it unpruned would get to six meters by four meters wide. Six metres tall by four metres wide. Okay. It's a small, graceful tree that has a spectacular autumn foliage. Um, it's got beautiful, big leaves, big boat-shaped leaves, mm. glossy, superb. Um, and it also then has, in, in late autumn, has these magnificent fruit that come on the tree. And they start off as a, uh, off as a green, so you, they disappear in, into the foliage. But as the foliage colours up, so do the fruit. And they get this beautiful big apple-sized orange fruit on the fuyu. And the reason I like the fuyu is because you can actually eat 
that persimmon the same way that you'd eat an apple. So Beautiful. eat it when it's crunchy, whereas the other varieties, you've got to let them go soft and soggy and... I don't like the texture no, myself. No, doesn't sound very but that's nice. a beautiful treat. Right. Now, as I said, if you left it alone, it gets six by four. But with a, with a, with a, food, with a persimmon, persimmons fruit on, the, on the, the growth that they are producing during that season. So you prune them back as hard as you want them to mm-hmm. be pruned back. Mm-hmm. And then when they grow, that's where the new, the new fruit will be on that new growth in that year. Okay. So they can be cut back and looked after. And the other one that you do the same thing with, and most people don't, is a mulberry tree. Mulberry trees get enormous, but they only fruit on the new, the new growth. So you should be cutting them back hard mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. My second choice is a plant called Acer japonicum. Now, this is known as, some people call it the Japanese maple, but it is not a Japanese oh. maple. It's not Acer palmatum. Okay. It's Acer japonicum. And it is otherwise common name, a proper common name is full moon maple or the peacock maple. Okay. And it has got a beautiful leaf on it, almost in the shape of a moon, but with incredibly fine dissections on it. Oh, so it, it's absolutely incredible. This is a native of uh, Japan, Manchuria and Korea. So it's up in the up from up in the, the highlands up in there, and the leaves turn this beautiful yellow and then into red during autumn. It's a vase-shaped tree, requires very little attention in order to perform, uh, and it's a better addition to the to the garden than the common um, Japanese maple. Uh-huh. And un, unpruned, it'll get eight meters tall by four meters tall. Right. So not a, not a huge plant. Right. Another great plant, and this is number three, is a plant called Nyssa sylvatica, and it's otherwise commonly known as the black tupelo, and it has probably one of the most spectacular autumn, dis- autumn displays of any of the deciduous trees. Absolutely superb. Um, and it colours up from orange to scarlet, and this is a flat top tree, so it doesn't, it doesn't have a, 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 you know, a pinnacle at the top. Mm. It's a flat top crown mm. uh, with almost horizontal branches with weeping tips. So coming out and the, and the little tips just weep out over, oh, the, over the, very, the very very end. So it's beautiful. Yeah. And this tree will get eight metres tall by five metres wide left and un- unpruned. Okay. Another great one is Asa saccharum, known as the sugar maple. Um, this is the one, the one of the reasons why travellers go all the way to Canada to see it in autumn, because the foliage goes beautiful gold and copper, and it's an absolutely spectacular tree. It's a it's a much bigger tree than the, the other ones we've already mentioned, but this is a tree where sugar maple comes from, the maple syrup. Ah. All right. So what they do is they 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 insert a tap directly into the trunk, and then turn it on and, and gather the, uh, the 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 maple syrup. And this will get to 15 metres tall by 6 metres wide. Well, that sounds tall. It is, it is tall. But it'll still fit. Yep. It'll, it's all about pruning. It is. It, sure it, and, and that's about with any tree. You know, you prune mm. them to, in order to, to have them in your garden as that ornament. Mm. Yep, yep. Another one is Acer rubrum, otherwise known as the red maple. Um, and this is a bigger one again. This will get to 12 metres by probably 8 metres. But once again, it can be pruned. Um, it's a great choice for any areas that are, uh, that are prone to fire because this tree produces rich green fire retardant leaves in summer. Then in autumn, the leaves turn to a fiery red. Um, and it's a tree that if you sat beneath in the, on, a, on, a, on an incredibly hot day, it's 10 to 15 degrees cooler underneath that particular tree. Right, fantastic. My number six choice is a plant called Ginkgo biloba, 
which is better known as the maidenhair tree. Oh, All right. I, yeah. um, it's a great tree for suburban gardens. This tree is a living fossil that has beautiful soft green leaf in summer that turns an amazing golden colour in the autumn. And this tree will tolerate an incredibly wide range of soil and conditions. So fabulous. Number seven, Cornus kusa, which is a, a, the Chinese dogwood, another great plant. Um, another, another plant is Caledendron capense alba, which is the white flowering cape chestnut. And then we've got an Australian native, an evergreen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and this is Brachychiton acerifolia, which is the flame tree. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Which yes, is a beautiful yes. tree, 15 by 4. Beautiful dark green, lost glossy leaves, and then the magnificent flower that looks like the tree is on fire. And then rounding out number 10 on that is the crepe myrtle, Lagostromeria. Oh, um, I'm glad you mentioned the crepe myrtle. It's a beautiful plant. One of my favourites. Yeah. Um, and varieties like um, Biloxi or Nanches or Sioux are more tree-like than shrub-like, so they're much bigger varieties. Yep. Um, and they can get up to six, six metres by five metres and eight by, eight by six, so getting into that sort of range. Well, and then I did, I did my, my top ten. Oh, oh, you've got to go into the, when we're going. To the natives. Oh, well, you had the native, you already had a native in your top yeah, ten. Yeah, I had one in there. But, in your ornamentals. And I'll just, we'll just go, go through these quickly. But Can I just mention a few that go I on, like? Go on, yeah, go, go, Hello. please. <laughs> I just, I, well, I'm not going to mention too many. The Magnolia Solangiana is beautiful. I've got yeah. one of those in the garden. It's just divine. Um, also, uh, a lilac tree. Mm-hmm. Love a lilac tree. I'm yeah. not going to mention any more because you really mentioned quite a few of them in there. Can I also say, are those trees all easily accessible? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Okay, native, here we come. Natives. Number one, Banksia marginata. Number two, a petostrum, but this variety is, is a cross. It's called bicolour. Okay. And it is a sweet, beautiful, sweet scent, scent, and it is a sterile variety. Stenocarpus sinuatus, which is the firewheel tree. Once again, firewheel. the firewheel tree. Yep. One of the most spectacular Australian natives. It's a beautiful small tree. Mm-hmm. Brachychiton rupestris, which is um, Brachychiton acerifolia, was, was one of the ones I mentioned in the top ten, mm-hmm. where rupestris is the bottle tree. Oh, yes. Which yes. is a beautiful uh, addition to a garden. Yep, yep. Waterhousia floribunda is, is a beautiful plant, beautiful soft weeping habit uh, in uh, the uh, lily pilly range. Good for hedging. Beautiful for hedging. Yes, 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 yes. Um, manc- uh, macadamia, but a variety that I particularly love, is called Pinkalicious, mm, which cute. has got beautiful pink, pink um, foliage. Pink foliage, pink flowers. Sounds, <laughs> pink flowers, sounds very pretty. Tristania lorena, which is otherwise known as the kanuka or water gum. Uh, beautiful yellow little starry flowers on it. There's a particular uh, wattle called Acacia leprosa, scarlet blaze. Absolutely stunning in terms of, of um, the flowers on it. Mm-hmm. Hymenosporum flavum, which is the native frangipani with the beautiful fragrant yellow flowers on it. And then rounding out, the only eucalypt that I've ever put in the garden, eucalyptus casei, silver princess, Which and you've got to get this as a grafted form oh, yeah. in order to, to yes, grow successfully yes, in our yes. heavy soils. You don't like the Carimbia ficifolia? Uh, they're quite. I think they're amazing. It, it is, and as long as you get the grafted, you get, get the, the grafted, grafted form, form of yes. that, which is not going to get too big. You can get fairy floss, yes. which has got gorgeous pale pink flowers, and snowflake, which has pure white flowers. And, I think and all those, nice. all those are actually taken from cuttings yes. and then grafted on onto uh, a particular rootstock. Yep, yep, yep. Are we done with natives? Natives are finished. 
good. I, I'm also mentioning the Hekia lorena, which is a large shrub. Can be a large shrub to small yeah. tree, and that has beautiful, I think, little pin cushion, pom pom sort of mm. their flowers. Okay, hedging or screening trees. I mean, I know we've sort of mentioned that you just mentioned the waterhouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are you've mentioned a few as we've sort of gone. But is there anything specific that we you haven't mentioned that you think would be great for hedging? Great for hedging um, escalonias, and there's okay. one called yes. Ivai, and there's another escalonia called Ilinata. Then of course you've got the uh, Morea uh, paniculata, mm. Gastromant undulatum. Olea bambellini, which is an olive, but it's a bambellini is a small form of that, and that makes a fabulous little hedge. Uh, Ficus hilli makes a, a great uh, hedge, mm-hmm. and then of course you can go into into the bamboos, but the the, the um, non-spreading variety, and one one in particular is Bambusa textilis gracilis which is a sensational um, screening plant yes. for, or hedging plant. Nice and tall and yep. quick. Um, and then, of course, Fatsia japonica, which has got beautiful big leaves and shiny, and that also hedges up absolutely superbly as well. You haven't mentioned Camellia sasanqua. No, but I, like. I knew you were going to mention that. Uh, you were right. <laughs> Paradise blush. Setsugeka is another one, and they're all winter flowering, which is great because so many things don't flower in winter. The magnolias, you know, everyone loves the little gems and the teddy bears, but I think there's, I mean, I've seen a new variety called Michaelia fairy Blush, I think it is, mm-hmm. which has beautiful deep pink flowers. So I think that's lovely. Um, of course, the port wine magnolia is superb. Port wine hedging. magnolia is fantastic too. Mm. That's right, and has that amazing, amazing scent. Smell. Oh, yeah. it's incredible. Okay, moving on. For urban gardens and those with little space, a potted tree can make a small terrace feel more like a garden. And if you plant a citrus tree or a fig, they can provide you with fruit as well. But not all trees are suited to containers, though, are they, Keith? Have you got any there that you would like to mention that you can grow in a pot, a big, yeah. big pot? big pot. There's an olive called Mediterranean Midget, which is superb in a pot mm-hmm. because it's got a slight weepy sort of habit, but it's got that gorgeous silver foliage. Mm. Um, for a real contrast next to it, you might go for a, a, a ficus hilli and maybe standardise it so you've got a big, big yeah. pom-pom on the top. Yeah. Of course, you've got your know, Camellia japonica is brilliant in a pot. Yeah. Citrus species, and there's lots and lots of citrus that will go nicely in pots. Yes. There's a beautiful plant called Magnolia St. Mary, and uh, my middle boy, I, I got him two of those for his pots that uh, sit around where his swimming pool is. And the, the magnolia flower on that is as big as a dinner plate. Wow. And it is just spectacular, absolutely magnificent. And then if you want to go for something that has got a culinary um, interest in it, Morea canigii, which is known as the curry tree which has got superb curry leaves that you throw into a, into a stir-fry or something else for that beautiful Sri Lankan influence Flavor. of, of flavours. Mm-hmm. Superb. Mm. Another edible one is Loris nobilis, which is the bay tree. I was going to mention that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then one that, uh, one that keeps ha- horses away and, and, and lots of other things is another plant that will grow beautifully in a pot and look spectacular. It's called Taxus baccata, and this is the yew Tree. Oh, the yew tree, yeah. Um, and the Texas Picarda was, was actually the, – the, the chemicals in Texas Picarda were what they made the first lot of, of um, um, chemicals out for cancer treatment. Oh, wow. You know, which is incredible. And then, of course, you can always go for a, a tree aloe, aloe barbare. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you've got yeah. that beautiful yes. succulent look about it. Yep. Or for something more tropical, um, a plant called Tetrapanax papyrifera, which is the rice paper plant. Beautiful leaves on it, and you can make rice paper out of them. Oh, 
and have rice paper rolls, which are delicious. Absolutely. <laughs> We'd be busy, but still. And so I think you're done. I'm done. Now, I haven't counted, but I think, with my little tiny additions in there as well, we may have gone slightly over 10, but anyway, that's probably 30. That's, that's good, though. More, the more variety, well, the, more the variety, better. The more variety, the better. So our top 10 grew. It's a great selection, and it will prob- hopefully provide our listeners with some great ideas when it comes to choosing a tree for the garden. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.